was born and raised The place where he was born and That's a good song. Oh my so god! Good. How, how so do you good. top that song, man? I don't get it. That's why it won the Grammy for uh, best compilation soundtrack for visual media in two thousand one. I I don't. I just. It's so fucking good. Hey guys, yeah. it is Lopez. It is Sheets. It is Banshee. It <laughs> is uh the year two thousand one in review. Guys, welcome back. We're going to talk movies. We're going to talk TV and entertainment for the year of 2001. Uh, that right there, like you said, 
just won all kinds of awards. It was fucking everywhere. Um, and that whole soundtrack is fantastic. Now, the whole thing is wonderful. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the thing about it is the the movie itself came out in two thousand. Mm-hmm. So the the award was given out in two thousand one. So when it was, was given out in two thousand two for the two thousand one year. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. Well, hell, I mean, I feel like that movie's been out for like. I, like when I think about that movie, I don't remember a time when that movie didn't exist in my head. You know, when I think about songs and when I think about well, movies, I love. Be fair, it was released December fifth, two thousand. Okay, so we're gonna bump it up. We're gonna round up, right? Yeah, round, yeah, yeah. That, that easily rounds up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we were like looking for a song. You were like, "Hey, Man of Constant Sorrow won a yeah. won a fucking award in two thousand one." I was like. Fucking playing it. Let's do it. Do it. God damn it. The voice is so fucking good. In Every that- part of that movie, they, I, I, I just feel like at, at, the, at that time, and this was before Lord of the Rings came out, because that came out a couple of years later when we were, we were forced to sit through a three hour movie for the first time and we liked it. But at that time, when movies came out, they were the economy of time. It was rare to see a movie more than 120 minutes long. I think mostly because they had to fit on a VHS tape at the time, and then we were moving to DVD, and that uh, constraint wasn't there. But you talk about, oh, brother, or out thou. A, a movie about Odysseus's odyssey, a, a, a journey that took forever for him to come home to. Uh, it's supposed to be this long, drawn-out tale. Uh, but to me, that movie nailed it. It's the economy of movie and storytelling. There's not, especially for a movie that's centered around music like it is, because most time when a movie is centered around music like that, there, there are dead points in the story that we fill with music, right? Yeah. But in that movie, I didn't think there was, there was never ever a point that they filled something with music. They just used music to keep telling the story and, Ultimately, that was the movie's greatest success, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you had a movie that, aside from having songs that weren't there just to fill time, like you said, it, it just really good dialogue, just great dialogue, memorable lines, just stuff that to this day, once any of me or my, any of my friends, especially like you two guys, someone mentions one line from that movie. The rest of the day <laughs> is spent yep. sputtering random lines from that fucking movie, and then we're we're both like. God damn it, I gotta see that movie now. Especially if you can work the line in to regular to, to make it make sense in dialogue that's occurring. Yeah. Oh my, um, my favorite, so we're in a tight spot. Oh, yeah, and, damn, and it works. Damn we're in a tight fix. <laughs> and it totally works. It's yeah. fantastic. Um but uh yeah, that's that's still it's up there as one of my favorites. Um mm-hmm. I don't know where I rank it in uh in Cohen Brothers movies, but it's it that's hard to do. But uh Oh man, that's that is a real tough one. Like that is a legitimate hard question. Okay, okay. Well, let's. I know it's slightly off topic, but let's look at Coen Brothers movies. Sure. All right, hold on. Let's, let's bring it up. Let's bring it up. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right, Coen Brothers filmography. These are the, the we're starting in '84. We're just we're working our way forward. Sure. Uh, I haven't seen all these, so uh, Blood Simple, uh, no, followed by that. Crime Wave. Followed by Raising Arizona. Love it. That's a great one. 
Yeah, then Miller's Crossing, mm-hmm. then Barton Fink, then Hudsucker Proxy. A great one. Then Fargo, then Lebowski, then something called The Naked Man that I've never heard of. It's only one of the Coen brothers, just Ethan on that one. Yeah. Then Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Then The Man Who Wasn't There, um, which I don't remember. Then Intolerable Cruelty, then The Lady Killers, which... Eh. Um, <laughs> Wasn't that Hanks? That was Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. Oof. And The Wayans, I think. Really? It yeah. Was, yeah, it was... Ooh. Um, the next one, it looks like he did, they did a couple of foreign films or segments in a movie or something, but then their next proper film was No Country for Old Men. Mm. And then Bird After Reading, uh, A Serious Man, True Grit, Gambit, Inside Llewellyn Davis, Unbroken, Bridge of Spies, Hail Caesar, which I saw and was not a fan of, Suburbicon, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I think is fantastic, really good. And then they're they're ne- well, Joel Co- Joel Cohen is working on the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh wow! All right, all right, all right. So let's 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 do personal. I mean, the Bowski stands out. No Country for Old Men stands out. Fargo, Fargo. Oh brother, where art thou? Oh brother, where art thou? Uh, uh, to me, True Grit and Burn After Reading, and yeah, also can- Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I, I would do Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah, Hudsucker Proxy, Raising Arizona, and Raising Arizona. Those three, those three, you can rank them however you want, but they're at the bottom of the list. Of they're 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 not even at the bottom of the list. There's lots of other movies that are at the bottom of the list that I haven't even seen. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, Lebowski. Oh, I mean, Lebowski, Lebowski oh, for me, yeah. Oh, brother, where art thou? And no country for old men are three standouts. And I, I, I wasn't as big a fan as Fargo. I like it, but it's not. It's not as quintessential Coen Brothers well, as those others are, in see, my in my opinion. I mean, it, Fargo is. I mean, that's. I have to pick a number four. You don't. I mean, I understand. See, Fargo to me is is kind of way up there just because it's. It was the it was the movie. Well, it was the movie, but like I, before I knew who the Coen brothers were and like that mm-hmm. I liked their work. I mean, I remember being a kid and, and my parents watching Raising Arizona and loving it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've seen uh, Miller's Crossing, stuff like that. I like I like Miller's Crossing a lot, actually. Um, but there's something about Fargo that uh, I remember at the time I, I had a friend named Ryan that I went and, and hung out with all the time when I was, you know, through most of middle school and stuff like that, some of high school at the beginning. Um, and we, we, there was something about that movie that made us laugh so fucking, it was Steve Buscemi that yeah. mainly that made us laugh oh, so yeah. fucking hard. And I just remember what year did Fargo come out? What year was that? 96. 96. So we're 13 and 14 at the time, right? So no, I didn't see that movie till I was in college. That that's one of those where it was rated R when it came out. I wasn't allowed to see it. Yeah. And then when I could see it, it just wasn't on my radar to see until it was later on. We're Let's, uh, take care of this right here in Brainerd. In Brainerd. <laughs> well, so so I mean, there is. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking two kids that are 13, 14 years old. So we're right. looking at this movie with completely different lenses than a person who's. A college student or you know or even an even more grown adult right mm-hmm. so obviously i go back and i can see the the gems that were in this movie but steve buscemi made that movie just cement in my head of just like you know <laughs> it's just just all the funny shit like take care of it right here in brainerd you know 
you know, I got fucking shot. I got fucking (laughs) shot in the face. Right. All this shit. Right. And, um, just all the way down to him getting thrown out, thrown out of the fucking hotel room where he's banging the chick and he's like, Hey, smoke a fucking peace pipe. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite Buscemi moments in that movie is when, um, it, it, it doesn't even involve him, but when they interview the guy that talked to him, and he's like, well, I'm looking for a lady. He's like, well, I don't do that. I, what, what, who do you think I am? And he said, oh, I, he's a real squirrely looking fella. And the way he just describes him, and I can just picture Buscemi acting the scene out, <laughs> and I, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's kind of funny looking. Yeah. Um, and the, just just everything everything about that performance was just just incredible and the and like going back and, and getting older in the subtleties but we're 13 14 years old this obviously is some you know you take a 13 or 14 year old now and try to show them fargo they're going to be like what the fuck are you showing me yeah but we well, literally wore the vhs out for the you know the three days we had it from blockbuster i mean but I, again it, i have to pick a four i pick it as my fourth sure. it's a great movie all coen brothers movies in my opinion are just super super rich with detail mm-hmm. that lend themselves to be watched over and over again i remember watching no country for old men and at the end of that movie i really didn't have much of a desire to see it again like not that it was oh this is a bad movie i don't want to see it again but it's like okay i saw that i don't need to see that again like it was intense right and then I saw it again with my parents, and then I saw it again with somebody else a couple of days later. So I had watched it like three times within a couple of weeks. Yeah. And by that third viewing, I was like, yeah, I could watch this movie a couple of more times because every time I watch it, it's like the shock of the movie is no longer there, and now you can uh, you can start to digest it, and you can start to really enjoy it. Um. And but I mean that's all Cohen Brothers movies. Yeah, you have that initial. You have that initial. They they give you this shock, whatever that shock may be, whether it's Oh Brother Out Thou, where they just bombard you with this bluegrass music and they shock your system with it. And so that's all you pay attention to, and you miss a lot of other stuff. And then on subsequent viewings, you get you get more and more. Lebowski's wonderful about just shocking the hell out of you. Uh, almost to like a misdirection. Like, look, we're going to say fuck all the time, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, right? We're going to have naked woman fling through the ceiling, spreading paint all over the ground, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? We're going to have nihilists, right? We're, yeah. Like, Lebowski was constantly make you look in the left hand while we do something in the right hand. Yeah, because um, well, what you enjoy about the movie now, like what you enjoy about Lebowski or what you enjoy about Fargo now is like all the subtlety now. You're like, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, watch this reaction. Look at look at look at his face in the background when he says this, <laughs> right. like stuff like that. <laughs> and and I agree with you. on it's, it's funny you bring up No Country and the way you brought it up, because today I was in a friend of mine's stream. Um, you, you guys might know him, Seidel. He lives in Finland. Yep. And he he was saying, oh, yeah, I've been watching some movies. And I asked him what he was watching. And he said, well, I watched No Country for Old Men, and uh, which was one of them. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, it was really, he's like, it was really cool but weird. And I was like, and I almost said exactly what you said, uh, Banshee. I was like, I was like, No Country for Old Men is one of those movies I can I can watch several times, but I get more enjoyment out of it when I get to space those times out. Like 
if I can watch it and maybe wait a year, maybe even a year and a half before I watch it again, like I can still enjoy it. But I'm with you. The first time, the first time I saw it, it was all about that tension that they were building, you know, with with the with the antagonist the whole time. Like mm-hmm. the whole scene inside the fucking gas station, the, you know, him right. pulling the guy out of the car, you know, on the side of the road, all that stuff like that. You were just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Javier Bardem was just fucking menacing in that movie with that shitty uh, and haircut. We, and we hadn't seen Javier in anything else, really. I mean, like he wasn't known for anything else. And he was just in this movie yeah. with a shitty haircut acting his ass off. Yeah, he was well. Honestly, like no one knew at the time, but he was—he's a fucking huge South American actor. Like he's really big in other parts of the world. Um, and I, he did a movie called, let's see, I think it was called, um, under the it's called Under the Sea or the or the Green Sea. Um, the Sea Inside, the Sea Inside with Javier Bardem. Um, he play. It's based off the real life story of Ramon San Pedro, um, who was uh, left quadriplegic. It was about his when he was 28 years old, and it was about his fight to um, to basically kill himself because he was not enjoying his life. So it was kind of all around that same time that the, the big controversy of um, euthanasia was going on. For you know, they were trying to legalize it out west. They were trying to, you know, and, and all around the world. So, and it was a fucking excellent movie. Of course, depressing as fuck. But, like, I didn't find all this until after, you know, after No Country for Old Men. Um, but, yeah, like, the, that's what I also like about the Coen brothers is all of a sudden you take these people who may you've seen in several movies. They're character actors. You know, they're people who were just... You know, people you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy from this thing. Like that's that's kind of fucking cool. Um, and they all of a sudden give them these roles that now all you think about is that. You know, um, uh, John Turturro was a character actor for a long fucking time. He just happened to be the guy there in the scene, and maybe he was like the head henchman, but he was just the henchman kind of thing. And like now, you know, you see him, and he's also one of those chameleon types, but he's like the Jesus you know, or, you know, something like that. And all of a sudden they made him this guy you remembered. Like the thing I love about their movies are that the side characters are just as important and just as full of depth as the main characters. It's the details, even like burn after reading, which was a shitty movie. In my opinion, it wasn't their best, Yeah, but they had Brad Pitt who at the time was like muscle heartthrob, the guy that all the girls swooned over, right? He had just done seven years in Tibet. He had done fight club. He had done all these great movies. Here he is in burn after reading and the Coen brothers have him being a bitch. Like, <laughs> like the whole character is just a bitch. And here you have well, very airheaded too. Like just, right, just like yeah. completely out, you know, super flake. And, but here you have Brad Pitt paying, playing this role that you normally wouldn't see someone like Brad Pitt cast into. I, I mean, we've got uh, what, what you had, um, or a role that, that doesn't that doesn't distract you. A lot of times, you'll pull a big right. star into something, and then you're like, "I can't." You know, that kind of happened with me with Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards. He snapped me out sure. of the movie because I was kind of like, as funny as his lines are, as fun, as good as they are, like it's just a little too Brad Pitt. So it just snapped me out of the movie. But I didn't feel that way in Burn After Reading. 
Well, yeah, and you still you feel that same way about the characters like in the Lebowski, right? I mean, Jeff Bridges just dissolves into the dude. Goodman and, and, dissolves and into then, Walter. Right. And then you 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 ask the question then, like, did the Cohen brothers write a movie about Jeff Bridges? <laughs> or did they create a character that Jeff Bridges was just round peg, round hole? You know what I mean? Like like did Jeff Bridges find himself being the dude? If you hear interviews like, with him, it sounds like they're interviewing the dude all the time. It's so fucking funny, man. Right. I mean, it goes, I mean, these guys wrote these movies and these actors are playing the characters they wrote yeah. and they disappear into them. She, right. It, they Go ahead. Sorry. Sheets. What like, so which, so it's, it's like to me, the Coen brother stuff is so impossible to rank. I think this is something me and you have mm-hmm. probably talked about so many fucking times over the years. Like what is, Outside, I, well, I don't want to give you any parameters, but I want to say outside of Lebowski because I know how much you love Lebowski. Yeah. What is yeah. a, another quintessential example of this is this is prime Coen Brothers right here? This is so perfect. So, I mean, obviously, yes, Lebowski. I feel like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is that that's your next best option. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives you a little bit of everything. Whereas, like, I mean, I think Barton Fink is fantastic. But it's a really hard film to watch at the same time to me. Like, it's not the easiest to just sit down and watch. Yeah. I mean, the Hudsucker Proxy as well. I think I think those are, are absolute Coen Brothers films. But when you have, like, if I were to pick, like, a, a trifecta where you're just like, this is the three. Mm-hmm. It's hard to break for me from Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, God. And then probably Fargo. Um it's tough though. It really is because you leave out great flicks like No Country for Old Men, which is a it's a wonderful Coen Brothers movie. You well, leave I mean, out you True touched, Grit, which is a wonderful Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. You, you leave out Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is a wonderful Coen Brothers movie. Right. Well, I mean, uh, to me, we're talking about 2001, 2000, No Country for Old Men. That was the first movie we could introduced the Coen brothers to our parents with our grandparents with maybe they had seen Fargo or raising Arizona. liked it or raising Arizona. They probably saw raising Arizona. That's a great one. But, but that one was, I remember when that movie came out and everybody and their brother all of a sudden loved bluegrass. Like everybody became a bluegrass fan. Oh the yeah, Coen, yeah. 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 The Coen brothers, the Coen brothers changed us all when that movie came out. It was, it, yeah. And thinking about it now, like I can remember countless times, uh, summer of 2001 or uh, fall of 2001, being at a friend's house, we're drunk on the back porch, guitars are out, we're singing songs, and uh, like, come on down to the river starts getting sung or a man of constant sorrow was a constant one uh, that was played. Uh, It was just like that movie became part of the, the, the iconography of that year. Like that was definitely an influential movie that came out and it was instant. It was an instant classic. Yeah. There was no, it was just, it was instant, right? Yeah. I remember it being, and and it influenced two different, sides of you know of entertainment movies and and music 
And I think, you know, before we jump off the Coen brothers, like it's, I think the other thing you think about with them is like, they can make a movie that is very funny, a movie that is very, you know, very smart that, and also make a movie that is just as, just as serious and, and psychological, psychologically thrilling as, as any other, you know, movie like itself that you see. So you got like, uh, Miller's Crossing, which is like a great, right. like a great gangster movie, right? And you got, uh, you've got uh, No Country for Old Men, which is not a funny movie at all. Like it's a very serious movie. Uh, the one, the only one I haven't seen that I wish I had, and one of you two guys might have seen it, is Inside Lewin Davis. I've never seen it. I've heard it's amazing. I, I was told it's really good, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, very, very so, music heavy about the music industry. I think. So let's wrap up this conversation with this question. Sure. And this is just a, I just, whatever you think is the answer. Okay. Because I'm looking at the list and I don't know. Because it's 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 branching off something Banshee mentioned. The, the one that, you know, your parents can watch, your grandparents can watch. If you were to take a Coen Brothers film and you're, this is the one that's going to give the best taste, but also be something that someone can actually sit through. Right. What movie are you taking from the Coen brothers to show somebody? Because while I think Barton Fink is great, I am not going to sit someone down with Barton Fink as their first Coen brothers film. No, oh brother. Not. Oh brother is if, if you've never, ever seen a Coen brothers film, I know this about you and you're and I'm like, so you want me to introduce you to the Coen brothers? And to me either. Well, first off, I love Hudsucker proxy. And it's it's a clean joke. It's mm -hmm. it's easy to work a room, you know, for kids. But you know, it's not for kids, and it's a hard one to sit through because That's it's kind of it's kind of slow and it's kind of circular, like circular. The, the, the Hudsucker proxy. It's very circular. Um, that's a deep joke, I guess. It's a bad one. I'm sorry. But Oh Brother is something where yeah. I think. Just like your parameters gave me, like if I've got to sit somebody down and make sure I can get them all the way through it, I'm going to go, oh, brother, I think. I I think I can get them through it. I think they can enjoy it the whole way through. Where if I set them down with something like Lebowski, I could see them bitching about like the language or the drug use or the nudity or uh, there's a couple of things, the nihilists. And that um, that was my thought because you to me, you can't go Fargo. In my opinion, you don't do Fargo. Because no, of the language, can't. the sexual content, and the graphic violence. Right. Uh, Lebowski, like you said, is too meandering and all over the place, and there's just wacky shit that happens. Um, oh, Brother, in my opinion, is probably the pick. Because, I mean, you could go with something like No Country for Old Men, but again, you risk the run of the violence, which is not as graphic as Fargo, but, I mean, it's pretty fucking shocking. Well, um, no, yeah. Oh, Brother is tipping is dipping your toes in the Coen Brothers' water. Yeah. It's and it's as far as dipping your toes in some water. I mean, that's that's some fucking Goldilocks, not too hot, no, not too cold water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, if I had to pick, if I had to pick another one, um, I would pick probably the Coen Brothers movie that just about everybody is introduced to with, and that's Raising Arizona. I mean, we true. all we all got Raising Arizona. If you didn't see it on you know just vhs you saw it on uh you know tnt or usa or you know tbs or some other you know cut up 
with tons of fucking commercials in it. But I found it's one of those movies too that that people don't realize they saw sometimes. Like you're like, oh, you've seen Raising Arizona? Like, no, I don't think I have. And then like you show them, you know, the shot of Nick Cage with the baby and stuff like that, and they're like, oh yeah, I've seen this fucking movie. Um, I, I'm asking one, like usually one question. If I'm introducing someone to the Coen Brothers, I'm like, okay, do you want to see a thriller western or do you want to see, um, do you want to see a comedy? And then based off that answer, it's either going to be, um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, or uh, No Country for Old Men. Like that's, I'm like, that's that's it. Like that's, I can find between my parents, I could probably be like, all right, one of these two is going to fit because you got a movie like if someone who's a little more goofy likes likes to be more lighthearted. Then you go, oh, brother, but someone who like my mom likes likes tension, likes suspense, and she, you know, she's always been like, uh, you know, a true crime fan and stuff like that. Like, I'm going to show her, uh, no country, man. That's a, that's just a, it's just those two to me good movies that you can probably show to anyone. I would agree. My my father my father's judge of a good movie is whether or not he was awake during the credits. Yeah, and. I, the only two, the only two Coen Brothers I know films I know for a fact he made it to the credits was Oh Brother and No Country. He's a huge Tommy Lee Jones fan. It scratched mm-hmm. that itch for him, and he's a bluegrass fan. And that, I mean, we're I honestly we're do a Coen Brothers movie is what I've just now realized. I think what Ballad or Buster Scruggs was the last thing they did together, right? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. And I thought they had got so originally. I, I thought that that was supposed to be a a series. Like it, when they first announced that they were doing something with Netflix, it was a it was a uh, it was going to be a Netflix series, a Western series. And so then they ended up calling an audible and going with you know a, uh, a, a you know a movie that was more of a what do you call those an movies? Anthology. An anthology. An anthology. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I would have loved for those to be like one hour episodes. Each of those stories were so fucking good. Yeah, they were. It goes back to that economy that the Coen brothers can nail so quickly. Mm-hmm. There was zero filler in any of those. The fat was trimmed off of every little bit of that for sure. Uh, well, you say there's the fat was trimmed off, but there was still plenty of fat there. I mean, it was good and delicious. It was greasy. It mm. was, I mean, my all time probably one of my all-time favorite movie jokes is the one where they're about to get hung and he turns the other guy and he's like your first time and the other guy's like what the fuck (laughs) yeah Uh, well i think the thing that shocked me the most was like the 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 name that's in the title of the movie was probably that was the smallest part of the fucking buster scruggs was in the movie for what 15 minutes maybe 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 it was probably five to ten yeah i rewatched that not too long and he's just the first story He's the first story, and it's over pretty quick. And you're like, yeah. "Holy shit!" And then you're left. It's it's still got those tinges of "Oh Brother" in there, where you're kind of like, mm-hmm. you're still fucking tapping your foot to that song later on. You know, you're like, "Oh shit, that was a good fucking song." Like that movie's fantastic. Yeah, really well done. But uh, to, we can move a little further into what we came here for, which is 2001 movies, music. I'm sorry, movies, TV, and entertainment. We talked about music yes. last time. Um, yes. But, uh, do you want to do TV first? Do you want to do movies first? I mean, we're sort of already in the movie. With movies, let's stick with yeah. movies and let's 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 start some other. I mean, yeah. I, so, do we talk about the elephant in the room right away, or do we let Paul Rocker live for a little longer? So I was gonna do <laughs> like I was just gonna start talking about like the top domestic box offices for the year. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. And, and, and conversation just goes from there. Yeah. I'm down. 
Well, like I was telling you earlier, I was looking through this list and I was like, I wonder at what point I'm not going to recognize any movies anymore. And as I got further and further down the list, I was still recognizing movies, movies I've never seen, but movies that I know exist. And it was just wild to me, like just how many movies come out in a year that you don't necessarily see, but you at least have a knowledge of. And when you see the name of it, you're like, oh, yes, I remember that. Is that more of an attribute to your the 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 age you were at the time and how close you were to uh, music 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 movies in uh, in TV or Pop culture or is it more tied to the fact of how we would find out about things, which is we were watching a lot of the same mediums and not really as much true. internet. That's like true. the internet was around, but it wasn't like it Different. is now. You so st- different. You still got you. You still got the mass majority of your, you know, your new popular music was on radio. And then the mass majority of the stuff that you, that you were privy to was either through commercials of TV shows that a lot of people watched at the same time, stuff like that. So, I mean, it was just so much easier for people to market to a larger audience because they weren't all segmented off watching YouTube or, or on social media. So it was just mm-hmm. a different time. I think it, if, in my opinion, it probably has more to do with how we were marketed to at the time that well, I was familiar to you, you know? Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this. I looked this up just the other day. So, uh, the Georgia square value cinemas mm-hmm. is a, oh, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's a five theater cinema that is behind the mall here in Athens. Well, it was, um, yeah. Or was, um, interestingly enough, General Cinemas opened four cinemas inside the mall shortly after the mall itself opened in February of 1981. And then five larger cinemas were added outside the mall in the summer of 1984. Operations then transferred to Carmike Cinemas in 1996, and they closed in 2001, and the outside theaters reopened in 2002 as a dollar theater. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, I remember that. So our main theaters at the time in 2000-2001 is we had Beechwood, mm-hmm. and then we had the Carmack Theaters on the east side of Athens. Yeah. And the west side where the, the Georgia Square Value and the mall was like in flux at that time. But when you wanted to go watch a movie and you needed to know what time the movie was playing, you didn't go on the internet and look it up. Nope. Our, our dial-up couldn't handle that. They didn't even have it fucking posted. You would have to pick up the phone and call a number. And then you would get an answering machine that would tell you what was going on. And then you would have a piece of paper, right? Where you're writing it down, the movie and the times so that you could write it all down. And then you would then present that to your group of friends or whoever you're going to the movies with. So a decision could be made. Yeah. And, and then we got movie phone. Do you remember movie phone? movie phone was great because you didn't have to call a theater you could call movie phone and it would tell you all the theaters in the zip code you typed into movie phone and then what it didn't tell you or maybe it did and you didn't pay attention was it also charged extra money on your phone bill and your parents would get really fucking pissed for using movie phone i never used movie phone ever no i never and that's I did it twice, and I got a stern talking to, and I didn't do it again. <laughs> See, to me, it was always uh, 
I, I didn't. I mean, I, I I do remember calling every once in a while to get that answering machine that told you what uh, what movies were playing um, right. and at what times. But I remember more looking at the newspaper. Yep. And seeing the times yep. listed in the newspaper. Because the flagpole, yeah. Because my parents got the Sunday paper every week, and okay. and they would set they would set the schedule for the week, and they'd be like, "All right, these are the movies, these are the times all week long." until you get to Friday and these are the new movies coming out on Friday and the times that they play. Um, so that, that's what I remember. It was just like the little corner of the newspaper that was black and white. And it had like, some of it were like little tiny movie posters. So they were kind of like little, you know, little uh, advertisements. But I think that's part of why you're kind of also familiar with the names of movies. If, if you hadn't seen them, because so so often when we're like, what are we going to see? Well, you're looking at all the titles of these movies, and you're like, well, we can go see this, and but you've already read all the other titles. So it mm-hmm. it just kind of it's a familiarity thing. Like now it's kind of more algorithm to you, right? Like yeah. they they know you like watching Marvel, so the algorithm's going to roll and throw you some Marvel shit pretty quickly when something breaks, you know. So let's 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 talk about the franchises that were created in 2001. Okay. All right. Cuz in 2001, some big ones. We we had the first Harry Potter movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. That was probably the number uh, that has to be the number one movie, right? That's that's the number one gross movie of 2001. Movie year. Yes. Easily. Uh number 2, we have the very first Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, I forgot about mm-hmm. that. I almost mm-hmm. died after seeing that movie by the way. You've got, I've got a, all right, here's my Lord of the Rings movie story, is that, um, what's that? <laughs> Nothing, go Roll ahead. Roll over it, just keep going? Yeah, no, no I'm, keep just, going. I'm just kidding, go ahead. <laughs> you almost died, I want to hear yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine, mine was, mine's pretty simple, we were all fucking partying in the apartment, we're playing a card game called Asshole, where you drink a lot of fucking beer, and you play cards at the same time, and a buddy of ours walks in, he goes, I was going to take these girls to go see the premiere of Lord of the Rings and they all just didn't want to come with me. So I've got all these extra tickets to go see Lord of the Rings at midnight. You guys want to come we're like, we'd love to come, but we're all too fucked up to get there. And he goes, don't worry, I'll drive. So he drives a truck and we're all in the back of the truck. We go over to the movie theater. We get there. It's not started yet. So we keep drinking beer in the back of the truck. Maybe we smoke some weed. Probably we smoke some weed. Yeah, we did. And then we get into the movie, and I remember getting out of the movie, and it's like, okay, do you need me to guys to drive you back? And it's like, nah, we're sober, dude. We're good. We we were in there for three hours and sobered up toot sweet. <laughs> we we needed a smoke break halfway through, to be honest with you. No, I remember that one. Yeah, that was ugh. But no, we had Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Shrek. They made a whole bunch of fucking Shrek movies. Mm-hmm. And then uh our dear friend Paul Walker started the the Fast and the Furious franchise that year as well, if I remember. Yeah, that's the shit's still coming out for right now. They're still making those. They're still I dropping mean, things. So it's it was two thousand one was the beginning of the end of creativity in Hollywood. It was uh, it was let's just start these franchises and then run them into the ground. Well, what did we say? Like, what did we say last time? Two thousand one was the year that uh, that what nothing that nothing was ever the same. Is that was that what we said? Right. Before? Yeah. Oh, the end of the nineties. Yeah, it was the yeah. absolute end of the nineties. Because it's always yeah. like if you look at every if you look at every decade, right? There's 
some some of the previous decade leaks in for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, if if so, if we're saying musically, two thousand one was the end of. The, I think movies. We have to say two thousand one was the beginning of the next decade. The end of the nineties. The end. Well, no, like the next <laughs> after the night. What, what are we going to call after the nineties? The two thousands. The two thousands. The two thousands. It's the early Those aughts. The years. The early aughts. That's, the, that's, that's how numbers work, sir. <laughs> yeah, man. Are you sure two comes after it's one? That's how, how numbers work. <laughs> oh gosh. Are you sure about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Pretty sure. I'm pretty yeah. sure. It's yeah. I mean, because that's because I mean that was the beginning of eras. From I mean, movies changed. I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember a long movie was 120 minutes. Most movies were about 100 to 90 minutes, mm-hmm. right? And then we had Lord of the Rings. We had Harry Potter. We had Har- uh, Pearl Harbor. Uh, we had these movies that were just long and just drawn out. Hell. Uh, Ocean's Eleven came out in 2001, and we had that was a franchise in and of its own as well. Uh, Planet of the Apes reboot, which which is 2001, that was a franchise. Well, that was the Just, first. That was the first round of reboots that didn't do as hot as the newer ones that came out. What about ten years? It ago? was it was ninth, ninth, and highest grossing. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I mean, because it, it had a, I, it was a name before though, like. It, it was a well. Was I mean, they were Woody Harrelson the drying past. their eyes with hundred dollar bills. They were fine. Yeah. Um. So sheets. When you're going through this list, right? What was uh? You said you saw a lot of things. You were like, I'm gonna see how far I go until I stop remembering yeah. shit. What yeah. was? What was jumping out at you? What What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Were I don't know. What What do you think of the list as far as that? I, stuff I just. I mean, like, it's just shit that i i mean like it just kind of surprised me jane silent bob strikes back at 81 memento at 89 quirky romano at 95 um to saving silverman at 104 how high at 106 <laughs> rockstar at 110 like it just it's strange to me like i remember a beautiful mind at 116 i yeah. hated a beautiful mind that movie won an academy award for being shit sorry <laughs> Well, the official. So I, it came out at the end of the year, but I mean, it still came out that year. Like, so it didn't gross as much that year as the next. But I mean, it's just crazy to me that some of these movies that I remember very well. Well, it's also Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Oh, it's also insane how much how many of them we've seen, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and I mean, if you go. It, I think it was also and sheets. You can probably back back me up on this. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. also just a ho- like. A holler back to just how much free time we had. Oh yeah, oh, we had just yeah. unlimited free time. It felt like I mean, well, you were in high yeah. school. What else were you gonna do but watch a movie? Yeah, but now you know that's what we're talking about. We're twenty years removed from that now, right? So, just how different it is now. And you're like, holy shit! I had all the time. Like I'm looking through the 2001 comedies right now, and it's mm-hmm. just like, holy shit! I've seen easily eighty percent of these movies. You know, Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt came out in two thousand. So, yeah. so I, I I'm looking at the domestic box office for two thousand one. Okay, and I can tell you this much: of the top ten, I've seen four of these movies. All right, I have seen four of these movies. So, the number one movie that year domestically was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, number two is Shrek. Number three was Monsters, Inc. Number four was Rush Hour 2. Mm -hmm. Number five was The Mummy Returns. Okay. <laughs> number six is Pearl Harbor. All right. Number seven is Jurassic Park 3. Mm -hmm. Number eight is Planet of the Apes. Number nine is Hannibal. And number 10 is The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. I've seen, I've seen four of those. I've seen nine out of 10 of those. Yeah, I've seen four of those. But like, I think that that's, that's probably, like, I think you're probably the, if you were to take the average of everyone in the mm -hmm. in, in looking at those top 10, everyone that was our age at that time, I think you're right in on the median. I think almost everybody would have seen about half of those movies. Yeah. I think they absolutely And then for the have. next 10, it's four again. Go ahead. I want to hear them. Okay. Uh, American Pie 2, mm. The Fast and the Furious, Ocean's Eleven, mm -hmm. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, Traffic, Castaway, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Dr. Doolittle 2, Spy Kids, and The Princess Diaries. I've seen uh, seven or eight of those. I've seen four of those. That's nuts, man. Yeah. Like, but I but like I, I, if you would ask me, I'd be like, yeah, I remember that movie. I know that it exists. Yeah, I knew it was a thing, right? Like, yeah. it's just when I look through the comedies, I'm like, holy shit, I've seen so many of these, and I can't believe that they're that they're 2001 films too. Like, it just doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But you know, oh, there goes the light. Lights out, I guess. lights up, lights out on sheets. Ah. What happened? <laughs> boom, there? boom, lights go out. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you mentioned, Joe Dirt, Super Troopers was that year. Wet Hot American mm. Summer was that year. Oh. Fucking Jay and Silent Bob Strike Strikes Back, which is probably the movie, the the comedy from 2001 I've seen the most easily, because mm -hmm. you and I rewatched it so many times. Yep. I've watched it several yep. times over the year, uh, over the years. Uh, I distinctly remember our experience trying to get to that movie, and Sheets being very upset that it was sold out the first the first theater we went to. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Doesn't surprise me. You were not happy at all. Like we got yeah. there, you were fucking livid. <laughs> And luckily, like Manchi said, at the time we had competing movie yes. theaters in town. So we just went to yep. the other side of town and happened to only miss like the first two minutes of the movie, which which nice. was which was the two minutes that they released as like a fucking trailer anyway. Yeah. Um so we so thanks to the internet at the time we had seen the first five minutes of the movie, I think it was. That's good. That's um good. but yeah, you were livid. So but yeah, you got James Allen Bob Strike back out cold. I mean, I didn't see Out Cold till later, but it was a really good movie. Fucking Freddy got fingered. Tom Green was a fucking juggernaut at this time, by the yes. way. His show yeah. on MTV was incredible. Bum Bum song. Yeah, Bum is on the rail, right? Yeah. Um, but that but, was so. I just. Ugh. You mentioned all those movies, he's, and I've, he's sickened I've by seen Tom them. Green. <laughs> that Tom, Tom Green, Green is a fuck no, no. face. No. <laughs> no, no, Tom Green is an internet troll before we had internet trolls. This is true. And and yeah. because of that, I give him bonus points because all other internet trolls after all internet trolls are just trying to be Tom Green, right? They're tr they're just trying to be contrarian and sticking their ass on a rail or fucking with a doctor who's about to cut his his nuts open because he's got cancer, or I mean like. Tom Tom had this artistic vision in him and and you saw it and you kind of chuckled and laughed at it but at the same time it just made you uncomfortable. But Freddie got fingered is a situation where someone gave Tom way too much fucking money 
he did all this shit and then they gave it to an editor and he was and the editor was like how the fuck do i make a movie out of this and and what we got was just garbage it i i imagined that if tom green had a chance to do freddy got fingered all over again he'd probably make a worse movie i don't know about that like, absolutely fucking not absolutely know. fucking not that movie is a masterpiece. It's garbage, but it's a masterpiece. And that is some of the most absurdist, off-the-wall, ridiculous humor that, I mean, it, that was... I mean, it, it was perfect for the time. That is perfect Tom Green. Un like you said, unedited, like... That, that is pretty much the equivalent of Vince Russo leaving the WWF to go to WCW and then just booking whatever he wanted. This was him full blown. They knew it. They wouldn't have released it if they knew if they were thinking it was going to be shit. Oh no, no, no. I'm Why saying would they release it. I'm saying what Tom Green gave the editors and what we got in a movie are likely two very different things. Maybe. But the movie's I, I, still fantastic cuz yeah. it's so ridiculously bad. There were way better ridiculously bad movies that came out in 2000 in 2001. Like you can't possibly. Well, here's the thing about Tom Green, right? Here's the thing about that movie. You know, he first started showing up on MTV in '94. Yeah. He, right. I, I would say he's responsible. Like he was just doing man on the street stuff, which was like, and and then doing pranks on people, which then led to, um, which led to probably what what kind of influenced Ali G a little bit. Which probably influenced the Jackass Boys a little bit. Like he right. took he took the ridiculousness. Like there is something about and I I'll, I'll draw an example because this is about in our time frame too. There was a point in time where commercials were commercials, and what caught your attention were the jingles or maybe the the people that they paid to come in and and be the spokesperson. Right? It's like oh fucking uh, Michael Jordan did this Gatorade commercial, you know, or or fucking. Uh, I don't know. Ray Charles is doing the diet Pepsi shit, right? Um, there, there, there is all this stuff that they were doing, and then at some point, um, two companies, Skittles and Old Spice, started putting out ridiculously weird fucking commercials. And now, if you watch commercials, if you happen to see commercials on TV, fifty percent of them are that weird fucking Old Spice slash old school Skittles commercial style. And what Tom Green did is he did that to movies. Like when I went and saw Freddy Got Fingered in the theaters, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching right now. It was like that. It was like going to see The Matrix for the first fucking time, right? No, you're like, no, it's not yes, like the Matrix. no. Oh, listen, yep. you're not listening. No, you're not. You're not listening. It was no, no. Here's the thing. It's, you're not it's like, listening. It, it's like it's like it's like watching The Matrix. For the first time, in the fact that it's raunchy, lewd comedy, completely different. It's completely different from what you had seen before. What I would have preferred Tom Green to do is do like what Jackass did. His show, but in movie when, format. No, when well, yeah, when Jackass made Jackass the movie, it was just an hour and a half long Jackass episode where they went bigger and uncensored and could do whatever the fuck they wanted finger longer and uncut right it, tom green should have done that he should have done the tom green show bigger longer uncut 
but what he did is he tried to write a story. He tried to like have a plot. He tried to make a fucking movie and it failed where, where the jokes hit the rest of it sinks into a pile of shit. But I tell you this, Tom green invented the podcast before there was ever a breath of it because Tom green saw David. He he saw Johnny Carson. He saw Leno. He saw Letterman. Or whatever the Canadian versions of those shows were, yes. He saw Wayne's World. He Mm -hmm. had to have seen Wayne's World on SNL. Or the movie even, even. And thought, I wanted my own talk show, and I'm good enough to do this. So he made his own talk show. He he Wayne's World this. Yeah. And, And because of that... And because he was willing to do that, I mean, the rest of us saw him do this and we're like, I could do that. So you wanted, I can't do it as good as maybe I'm, I'm a dumbass and think I can do it as good as he does because that's how, that's how every comedian starts, right? They see a guy on stage telling jokes and they're like, I can fucking do that. And then they get up there and get their ass handed to him. But so what did you, See, you wanted 87 minutes of the Tom Green show of him sitting there with a guy in the window in the background laughing at his shitty jokes? Like, I forgot. <laughs> remember the guy sitting on the lawn been, outside? There was a guy that was that bad there with coffee. That was my it favorite shit. It would have been better shit. than Tom trying to put a plot <laughs> in. It would have been way better than Tom trying to put a plot in. All right. I got a, I got a few. <laughs> 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 Just, oh, just I got, so back I there. got, I got some, some, some numbers for you. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Got some numbers for you. In 2002, okay. the Tom Green Show was the 50th worst show of all time. There. Okay. Uh, you, we, you hate Tom, Tom Green. Green. You fucking hate, hate Tom Green. And, and look, look, your 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 gauge for failure is relative because look, budget of 14 million dollars for that movie. <laughs> that's that's what I'm gonna say. Okay, right now. go ahead, yes. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, so number one, number one, before we're all of this, let's shit on Freddie Got Fingered, okay? <laughs> let's shit on the finger. Yeah, a budget of <laughs> a budget of fourteen million. Who the fuck gave Tom Green fourteen million dollars? Twentieth Century Fox yep. and Regency Enterprises. Yeah, somebody got fired over this budget. Budget of fourteen million dollars. Box office take home. Fourteen point three million. That's a profit. That's a profit. That's a profit. They made their money and, back. Yep. And I would like to also bring up Rotten Tomatoes scores right now. The critics, eleven percent. They obviously don't know what they're missing because the audience, at a solid fifty-six percent, more than half. <laughs> they gave it the thumbs up. They said, "Yep, this is a movie for me." Over fifty percent of the population, on uh, based on a hundred thousand plus ratings, twentieth like Freddie Gottfinger. Twentieth century radio Fox. listeners, L- Lopez radio listeners, just bear with me for a second. Mm-hmm. First off, I love Tom Green. I think he's a comedic genius. That's not I what he, I've heard so far. I think that everything that he tries to do, for the most part, succeeds. But I do not think that Tom Green is a screenwriter are capable of putting together a plot for a movie worthy of watching beyond USA's Up All Night, which is, he's beyond his time for that. If, 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 
if Tom Green wanted to make a movie, it should have been a Tromo movie. A trauma movie? No. Yeah. Oh, I got you. I know. Look, 20th Century Fox gave us 87 minutes of Freddy Got Fingered. Released, by the way, on April 20th of 2001. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, <laughs> fitting. April 20th of 2001. Not only starring Tom Green, motherfucking Rip Torn was in this shit. Rip gonna, fucking I mean, Torn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anthony Michael fucking Hall. Come on, bro. Shaquille O'Neal. Like I'm sorry. Go ahead. When you when you shit talk this movie, you're shit talking the memory of Rip Torn. Yeah. You're you're, you're shit talking the memory of Eddie <laughs> K. Thomas. You're, you're you, shit talking the memory of Harlan Williams and the memory of Anthony <laughs> Michael Hall. You, you, Harlan so, Williams you, is still you, alive. You, you <laughs> You, you, sir, are shitting in the dead mouth of Rip Torn right now. Right? Right? <laughs> Davidson's receptionist, Drew Barrymore. I mean, you're just disrespecting I'm, I'm watching you dig up the grave and shit in the mouth of Rip Torn, and it's not yeah. nice. It's not pretty. The only reason you know this guy's name is because Rip Torn is the best real name that ever existed. Unless Bullshit. that's an alias. Bullshit. Is Rip Bullshit. Torn an alias? Uh, he was... Uh, uh, born Elmore Rual Torn Jr. But no, the best legitimate name is Are you Dick telling Trick. me it's an alias? Yeah, his yeah. first name is not Rip. That's that's disappointing. Elmore Rual Torn Jr. All right, here we go. Rip Torn in Freddy Got Fingered or Rip Torn in Dodgeball? Dodgeball! You've got... Come on, he Dodgeball. plays. He plays a little more of a straight man in Freddy Got Fingered, angry straight. Right, but L- Larry Sanders show. Yes, he's well, wonderful in Larry. Larry. Yeah, he's Come fucking on. amazing in Larry Sanders show. But um, I would probably go with him as the straight man in Freddy Got Fingered because he had because you he is you he is the audience because you're seeing this shit and you're like right. what the fuck. <laughs> but at the same time, you're in on the joke, so it, like that. That's to me is what's funny. Is that your hit? Like he's you. If you were met with that legitimate situation, you're rip torn in that movie. <laughs> but because you're in on the joke, Just you a- see it. You see it from that perspective of the person who is that you who is the joke. The joke is on you, but you get to see it played out to someone else. You get see, to I laugh think- at someone I- else's misfortune. I-, I realize what it is now. Why you guys love Freddie Got Fingered? Clockwork orange yourself. You've you've held your eyelids open and you've watched the movie so many times in a row that ultra violence has gotten to you. That's the only because I you haven't know, even I, seen it that many times to know you, the specific you, scene that you're talking about with Rip Torn, and yet you have described it movie. immaculately. You know, I've seen the whole movie multiple times, but not enough to just fucking recite it out of my ass like you just did, my friend. I mean, you you clearly have just like watched it way more than you should. You need finer film in Be, your life. Before, listen, before we continue shitting on the memory of Rip Torn, all right? I just want to say, when I think about Rip, all I think about is his line in Dodgeball when he says, is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> all right. <laughs> See, and that's where you go to break. Like, you go into a song right there and it's just... <laughs> 
just just go into radar love. Boom, boom, boom. I was thinking life is a highway, but yeah. <laughs> no, you got to go with radar love there. Wait, right, but I mean, radar love such a that, that's that's a shit break song. Now, now they think they're going to rub one off after. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we went oh into God. a little bit of a Freddy got fingered hole there. Um, well, I'm just telling you. So, so here, here, I'll, 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 I'll throw a, uh, a movie at you. Yeah. You probably forgot from 2001. How about this one? Try this fucking hat on the Mexican starring Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt. Goddamn it's amazing. El right? So good. Blow a wonderful oh. flick. Yeah. Oh. Paul Rubens Blow is back. Is... Yeah. That, that... That whole cast was genius in that. I thought it was a great movie. Zoolander. That's the 56th best grossing film of the well, year. You had, like, so 2000, 2001 was, like, Prime, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Made and, came out that and, year, too. Uh, uh, Owen Wilson. Like, that was, like, Prime. Those three guys were, like, the heavy hitters for starting well, they were also talking about that group being the next uh, Brat Pack kind of thing. Like, that was going to be the next group of, you know, actors that do their shit, which it really was. Yeah, a lot of them, like, almost all of them, if not all of them, went on to do all the crazy shit. Like, I mean, think about John Favreau and Vince Vaughn and Maid. That's the 2001 right. film. I didn't, I thought that was a 90s film, like, thinking back on it, but... 2000 there's so much shit just came out and and i know yeah. a lot of it has to do with the fact that we were just able to watch a whole lot of shit but i mean but you damn. see what i'm saying like as i'm scrolling through i recognize these fucking movies listen man chris Catan in monkey bone come on monkey bone no i'm just kidding i don't i don't remember monkey bone chris Catan was given a lot more i mean i don't want to hate on the guy because he was successful and anybody who's sex successful doing what they're trying to do mm-hmm but I, I just think Chris just I missed him. I didn't. It didn't. He I, I he was more when I think of Chris Kattan, I think of Saturday Night Live way more than I do. Right. I think Roxbury, but I mean, yeah, SNL. Right. Yeah. Roxbury, Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, stuff well, like that. Well, what about like I think Sheets hinted on it earlier, Saving Silverman. Mm-hmm. Like I, that was a cult. Like, yeah, it was a flop at the box office. It was a huge flop, yeah. but it was a, a big cult following. Mm-hmm. I never really liked it as much as like the people I hung out with. They're like, "Ah, oh, Saving Silverman's the greatest ever." Okay. Yeah. I remember it was, thinking it was fine, but then when I watched it later, I was like, "This is not a good movie." It's it does not hold up as as well as some of these. Three thousand miles to Graceland. Oh, I'm talking about a shit movie there, huh? Not another teen movie. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, that was was not another teen. That was like the beginning of the Wayne's Brothers. Just making fun of everybody, wasn't scary it? Scary movie. Scary movie. Was it scary? Did the scary come yeah. out before not another team? Yeah. And those were just yeah. riding off of what what uh fucking naked gun and hot shots had la- an airplane had oh, laid down yeah. in the past Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. But we still needed it. We still needed that that uh that that niche filled, I guess. <laughs> that yeah. that niche, I yes. Think of the word. I was, I, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I couldn't think of it either, so I just stayed at it. I was like, no, nah, I don't. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to let him try to tread this water. <laughs> he, he can wreck that plane on his own. <laughs> he doesn't need Appreciate my help. It. Appreciate it. Um, Memento. I remember Memento coming yeah. out. I remember seeing that one. During that time frame, I remember seeing a couple of movies over and over again in the movie theater. Well, that's what brought Christopher Nolan onto the fucking like, main stage. Uh, 
and said, I remember seeing Memento more than once. I remember having to see Memento more than once. That's definitely a movie that's like designed to make you watch it twice at least. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely a mind fuck of a movie. I but I would say this. I only watched it. I think I might have watched it maybe two and a half times, and I haven't had an urge to watch it since. Agree. Uh, I with my group of friends. We watched it probably six or seven times. It was that one we watched the Matrix because it was in it was in the Dollar Theater in the mall, and so like if we didn't have anything else better to do on a Friday, we'd go watch the Matrix for a buck. This was also yeah. a time period. You're talking 2001 and, and sheets. I, I feel like you know we were we were part of this and we contributed yeah. to it. This is also yeah. a point in time when you watched movies like you purposely went out of your way to watch movies that weren't popular in the theater like you know you you, we we hung around with a bunch of people that were like oh yeah you got to see this and you only saw like most Mm -hmm. of these movies i didn't see until they were on dvd like it was Mm -hmm. um you know something that we both watched a lot donnie darko 2001 that was very much that was very much one of those movies where it's like i had no idea what it was until someone was like oh yeah you got to watch this on dvd that there was a lot of that in my part of that 2000 2001 that part of my life there was a lot of like that catching up like watch you gotta watch darnie darko and you yeah. watch that and you're like ooh. Mm-hmm. and there was uh what were some of the others that, that i watched during that time where it was like um i i let's see i, I watched dances i remember watching dances with wolves in about 2000 2000 that one was i watched braveheart for the first time near then wow you caught up feel late, like yeah. I feel like 2001 is when you and I started to do our deep dive into trauma a lot. Well, yeah, um, that was very close to that time period because we really started. I mean, we once we once we got out of it was like right after we got out of high school too. We we're yeah. like, oh shit, look at all this stuff, and we would find it at work and stuff like that. We ordered. Remember, we won a um uh, uh an eBay auction for a a lot a lot of mm-hmm. trauma films. So oh, we just yeah. got a, t- a bunch on DVD. I remember that. Holy shit. Like that was our exposure to a lot of those trauma films as we got that. Because now it's not like now where you can go on YouTube and watch a, a heavily edited version of a trauma film or use their streaming service trauma now. Like this was, and I mean, this is like you guys said earlier, early internet. So, I mean, it wasn't like you could just go and, oh yeah, I'm just going to go to the fucking Pirate Bay and, and grab a trauma film. Like it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's very it's it was a very different time. Like you really had to invest if you wanted to mm-hmm. watch films that were kind of fringe films. Now you can kind of take a chance on something on Netflix and if it sucks, you can turn it off, which is great. Because you're well, still like, paying that you, monthly price. So But like and and especially like I don't know if it was as bad then, or maybe it might be worse now. I don't know because I don't do it anymore. But like downloading movies then like I feel like the MPAA might not have been as hardcore going after people. It was more of a recording industry problem at that point. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't until after that I feel like that that's when the MPAA really started to crack down and make yeah. downloading movies like a very touchy thing to do. Well, it was also just easier to grab an MP3 file, right? Because yeah. MP3 files are so much smaller at the time. To- like, if you wanted to download a movie in two thousand one, and and two like any any time in yeah. those two years around that, I mean, yeah. you had to know how to do it. You had to be patient. Like, it was very mm-hmm. much a look. I'm gonna set this up to record and or to download, and it might be ready in a couple days. 
And and that was even with high speed at the time. Yeah, that was days. Yeah, mm-hmm. you didn't peer to peer sharing wasn't about movies mm-hmm. ever. No, at that in two thousand two thousand one, you could get them. You could do it, but that's not what you. No, that no. wasn't the it wasn't majority the norm. of us. Yeah, the majority no. of us didn't have the time to do shit like. That. I mean, we were doing just a good enough to get. I, we, it's interesting enough. I was talking to a friend of mine about porn habits of 2000, 2001. And I was like, I was on dial up 14, four, like yep. the, the JPEG would load from the top to the bottom. And I was like, <laughs> were you still on dial up in 2001? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, there were, there were a lot of times where it was like, I didn't see past her knees. There was no need. You just hit back <laughs> and you click the next picture. You didn't even wait for the thumbnails. You didn't, you didn't have time to wait for the thumbnails to load because it would take forever. The the internet back then I was on yeah I was on fifty six k back then I wasn't even I was I was slow to get high speed I remember my mom would take classes at UGA and we could spend time at the computer lab and then then we're on the T one line at the computer lab at UGA and then you're searching the internet and we're what are we doing with it We're playing like Connect Four yeah <laughs> playing like space. Elf, elf bowling What were you about to say Sheets? Right. Um, I was going to say something along the same lines as uh, just not the content necessarily, necessarily. Um, I didn't have high speed internet until we moved in together. Yeah. Till you and I Lopez were, were living together at Toby's dad's house. Like when I, I had dial up at home. Yeah. I, I think that was my outside first. Outside of school, which we have talked about. I think we talked about in the last one, how we downloaded music yeah, at yeah, school. We did. But like, I didn't have high speed internet till we were living together and we got DSL through bell South. Yeah. And, um, that was my first exposure to it. That and, was, and, you know, it was just like, you can download whatever you want. And yeah, it was and just I, like, Oh my God, I want to say the speed was 2.5 megs. Yeah. But it felt like it was flying. Oh my God. It was me. like, it was a whole new world. Like, yeah, it was, well, it was like, DSL. Holy... DSL was my first high speed. Yeah. And it was, all of a sudden, because I I can remember you would click on a link, because I because the fam because there wasn't like everybody in the family had a computer. There was one computer for the entire family, and it was the computer that your father used to do all of his business on. So if you fucked that computer up, you're getting your ass beat because you fucked up his business database or whatever. So you had to be careful what you did there. And then like. You were the only one that could use that computer, and if someone picked up the phone while you're using it, God forbid, then you're completely fucked. But it was classic for me to like click on a link, get up out of the office, walk into the kitchen, make myself a sandwich, see what my sister's watching on television, and then meander back over the computer. My mom's like, oh, you're not on the computer. I'm going to sit down. And I'm like, no, don't touch it. Jesus Christ. No, I'm waiting no. on this page to load. You know, dude, do, do you remember the We excitement? had download managers. Do you remember download managers? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, totally. We're like, you could pause and then, like, that was like a game changer when you could get a download manager, pause the download in the middle, and then pick it back up again. Yeah. It, because before that, if you couldn't complete the entire download and the allotted time it gave you, you'd have to start all over again from scratch. Do you remember and, and, the excitement of clicking a link and the page loaded instantly and being like, holy oh shit, that page yep. just loaded in less than two seconds. You're like, what yep. the fuck? I've, I've got one better. I went from, I went from, uh, what was it? It was uh, 2400 to 144. Oh my God. And, and at 2400, it doesn't load graphics on the web browser. It just loads text. Mm-hmm. And I went to 14.4, and I was like, oh, 
websites have pictures. This the, the now the internet makes sense to me. Yeah. The websites have pictures. My first interactions with the internet was in middle school and it was at a friend's house and he had a Mac and that was the browser. Was it was all text based and it was like, well, I mean, this is cool cuz you can get like info and stuff, but the internet sort of sucks. And then finally like I guess a graphical browser was released for for the Mac. And once you saw that there were pictures, like you said, it was like, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing that's ever been. Yeah. Right. I I remember, um, I think the first time I, my earliest memory of the internet was um, my dad had this friend named Herbie and is he, (laughs) he was, he was the, my dad's techie friend, right? You go to his house. He always Mm -hmm. had some fucking new thing going, right? Yeah. So uh, newest technology, weirdest shit. Yeah, yeah. So he had he was one of the first people that I remember going to their house and they had a their own computer sitting in the yeah. house. Like my only exposure to computers at the, up to that point, I don't even know how old I was. Up to that point was was computers at school. That was it. Like right? the, probably the Apple twos that have like a green screen and you have like the five and a quarter floppy. It was the Apple twos. It was, uh, you know, it might've been like some, some IBM computers that early only had IBM. like yeah, typing that only had typing things like, you know, loaded onto them. Right. So yeah. you go there and you know, he's showing my dad the internet. He's like, Oh yeah, you mm-hmm. can go there's, you know, there's tons of pages right now. Like I forget at the time there wasn't that many, like when he was showing it to us, he's like, Oh yeah, there's like over a hundred pages on the internet right now, the different things you could do. And, uh, and he, I specifically remember him showing my dad a bunch of stuff and, and he clicked on like his bookmarks and there were already porn things. Like it was like, one of those things, like he's like, he's like, Oh, cause I mean, I, I was, I was, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade maybe, you know? Yeah. And so, but I do remember reading that in the text and be like, yeah, this some stuff I can show you later, you know, blah, 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 oh, like talking to my, talking to my dad, like talking to my dad, like, cause sure, I was standing sure. right there. And, um, you know, I just remember I, that's my, that was my first memory of knowing, like kind of, kind of knowing what the internet was. I didn't even really understand it. Was it, you know what you, you, you telling the story for whatever reason, jogged a memory in my brain that just came back. Okay. I don't know how old I was. I do remember, going with my mom over to one of her friend's houses. I was very little at this point because we were still in Southeast Florida. Mm -hmm. So it was before fourth grade. So I was like little, little. Yeah. So uh, I remember going to her house and her having a computer. She had a computer. And I remember that, that there was, I could get on the internet. I think she used CompuServe or something. I don't remember, but I remember that you could get on the internet and I tried to use it and being a child who had no knowledge of the internet, I, I couldn't figure out how to do anything on it. So, right. but I do remember now, I remember that's fucking wild that how that just came back out of nowhere. Isn't it weird how like sometimes you'll just, you'll hear something and it'll just kick open a fucking door. You're like, holy fuck. Yep. Yeah, there's right. this whole Here's, section of time that I remember s- some specifics. Like, yep, it's wild. Go ahead, Banshee. Here, here, here's a door we should kick open. Kick it open. The 2000 2001 United States Network Television schedule. So here we go. Starting at 7 p.m. every day, we'll start with Sunday. So on ABC, we had The Wonderful World of Disney and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. CBS, we've got uh, 60 Minutes and Touched by an Angel. On Fox, we've got Futurama, King of the Hill, Simpsons, Malcolm in the Middle, 
the X Files. What a lineup, dude! Fox X- owned Sunday nights. Fox, Fox owned Sunday Fox nights. Murdered Sunday nights, didn't they? Yeah. Well, in two thousand one, we we all had those friends that they were just fucking obsessed with the X Files. Yeah. Fucking obsessed. And NBC, you either had uh, Dateline or Fear Factor, mm-hmm. and then you had some NBC Sunday night movie. Remember that? Yeah. Remember the NBC Sunday night movie? Um, like that was- I think ABC brought them back. I think it's ABC that does like a Saturday or a Sunday night movie, and they use the old graphics for it too. Like wow. it's if, modernized, but it's the old graphics. If you had UPN, you could watch XFL on UPN. Oh my God. I didn't even think of the XFL existing this year. I guess when we get to a sports episode, that'll be one of the top. And then uh, if, if you had the WB, you had the Jamie Foxx show or the PJs, the Steve Harvey show. And then, uh, well, I mean, even WV, it's just a whole hodgepodge of weird shit. Yeah, there's that, no. <laughs> uh, Monday night. You ready for Monday night? Wait, wait a second, though. Wait a second. Uh-huh. Remember when, like, the 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 networks did the movie of the week and stuff like that? Like, oh, they, yeah. I feel like they don't do that shit anymore. No, they no. don't. Like the NBC Sunday night movie. Like that was that was good family movie watching. They did the same thing on Saturday nights, I think for maybe ABC or something, but well, yeah, they figured out that you need short content, right? Cause if you, if mm-hmm. you, if someone comes home and they turn something on and a movie's in the middle of it, they're going to turn it off. So that's yeah, why you, you're not going to have, you're very rarely going to, that's why you're not going to see anything that's over an hour, you know, in a, of sure. a drama or whatever, because, right. and, and think of how short the sequences are when they do play a full movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you watch the commercial breaks, get shorter and shorter as you get far along. So you're already that into it. So then they start hitting you with commercials at the end. And you're like, well, fuck, I want to see the end. Oh, man. T- TBS. Watching a movie on TBS oh. was god fucking Ooh. awful because they did that shit where like they got you hooked it almost it felt like the first hour of the movie had no fucking commercials then you yep. get to as you get to the climax of the movie and the resolution every fucking dude, time they're like then like it'd be like a guy opens a fucking door now it's a fucking another commercial like and they, they come back the guy's like hey what the hell are you doing here oh i don't know man another fucking commercial like <laughs> like like then we just yeah. do a commercial what the fuck it was terrible yeah. watching movies on on here, here, so TV. so on on sunday on nbc we had the nbc sunday night movie Monday, we had abc monday night movie or we had 2020 downtown you also had the nfl uh monday night showcase and nfl monday night cbs cbs you had uh king of queens yes dear everybody loves raymond Becker and Family Law. Fox. I will, you had, I will uh, say. I will say that King of Queens ate dick, uh, but I liked Leah Remini at the time. Oh, Leah Remini is a stone cold fox. Uh, on Fox Network, you had Boston Public, Ally McBeal, Uh-oh. and then on NBC, it, she's married to Harrison Ford, isn't she? Ally, the chick that's in Ally McBeal. No, she's not. Bullshit. No, she's not. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That, mm-hmm. can't, that can't be. I can't. On Calista NBC, Flockhart, yep. Calista Flockhart, yep. Calista Flockhart, 2010. Ah, Jesus. It's On big, NBC, it's a, big, it's a big upgrade from Mary Markward. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Melissa Matheson. Ooh. On NBC, you had Daddy-O, Tucker, Dateline, Titans, yep. Mysterious Ways, Crocodile Hunter, The Weakest Link, Fear Factor, First years and Dateline. They love their Dateline on uh, NBC. Yeah. Well, I, that's like any of these networks. They still do it like Law and Order and all those things. Like once they get one, they're like, oh, we're going to drive it into the 
fucking grab. And then uh, you have you have the WB. They loved Coven. Uh, and then on Tuesdays, on Tuesdays on ABC, we had Who Wants to Be a Million, The Mole, Dharma and Greg, The Gina Davis Show, What Dharma About Joan, Spin City uh, with uh, Michael yep. J. Fox. That's a yep. good one. And then NYPD Blue. Oh, yeah. On CBS, we had either Jag or Big Brother, 60 Minutes, and Judging Amy. On Fox, we had That 70s Show, Titus, which is a great show. Yeah. Uh, Dark show. Angel, and uh, on NBC, we had the Michael Richards show, Third Rock from the Sun, Frasier <laughs> on repeat, Spy wow. TV, um, The Fighting Fitzgeralds, The oh. Downer Channel, Frasier, Three Sisters, and uh, Dateline. Sorry, what sorry. What night was this? Wait, what This night is was Tuesday this? night. This is Tuesday night. Dude, how long? How, how many wait. Frasiers? How, read that again. Wait, so wait, wait, and, 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 they, they just fucking gave up on Tuesday. And first of all, yeah. just on, on NBC's. If you're in visually March, watching this, by the way, me and me and Sheets are both stuck <laughs> on the Michael Richards show because we're just kind of yeah. like—is he just screaming the N word for thirty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> when, when he said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." Go ahead. No, uh, so here Wednesday night, ABC. Thank you. I just fucking visualized him doing that. <laughs> A A ABC's uh, crown jewel on uh, on Wednesday night. You had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, followed up by the Drew Carey Show. Mm. Uh, and show. and then you have and then you had Spin City at the end of that. And then on CBS, you had Bet, um, or like, as in Bet Midler, or uh, some oh. some of my best friends, um, Becker, or Sixty Minutes. And then you had the CBS Wednesday night movie. Ted so CBS had a movie was... on Wednesday night. ABC had a movie on Monday, and NBC had one on Sunday. Just, just letting, giving you some context there. Ted Danson carrying CBS's ass for fucking years. They had nothing, yeah, right? They had yeah. nothing for a long fucking time. Not Fox. until they 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 hit with one of those awful fucking canned laughter shows that uh, they have, like Two and a Half Men or something like yeah, that. Yeah, fucking young, not Young Sheldon, because I think that's a, like a fucking. Mm -hmm. like single shot kind of thing but the other one whatever fucking came from young sheldon big bang so, theory that dumb shit yes so so fox on wednesdays uh was either mlb on fox or you had malcolm in the middle grounded for life and temptation island or the street or boot camp or milladar mysteries or any other shitty uh uh, reality show okay. you better hope that there's a good wednesday night baseball game on <laughs> right oh, damn on NBC, you had Titans. What is Titans? Titans is an American primetime television soap opera created by Charles Pratt that aired in NBC. Yeah, we had the primetime soap opera. It's very that descriptive. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you had Ed in the Winter. Ed is an American comedy drama series co-produced by David Letterman. You, you, don't, have read, you don't have to read. I don't, the, need, uh, I don't need all Just that. read this. Uh, Give us the but, lineup. Uh, NBC's big one was The West Wing. Uh, on, that was huge, on Wednesday yeah. nights, yeah. West Wings at nine, then followed up by Law and Order. On Thursdays, oh, ABC okay. had uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Back to back, and then Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Dude, okay. they 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 love some Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, Holy they went nuts with that show. 
And then CBS, you've got either 48 Hours or JAG or Big Brother or Survivor. Dude, fucking JAG, dude. I, I, <laughs> it, it was the show I never watched but always loved to hate. Like, nobody right. wants to see JAG. What, JAG was, was a piece of shit show. Wasn't but it you, originally on NBC and then went to CBS? I think so, yes. Okay. Well, so, but the, the big one on Thursday was CBS. You had Survivor by CBS. That was the Thursday CBS lineup that you watched. Yeah, uh, but N NBC was the king of Thursdays, especially well, in that year. Yeah, because you had Friends, yeah, Cursed, or a Friends repeat, and then you it, had Will and Grace, Just Shoot Me, and then you ended it with Everybody Loved ER too. Oh, ER. And then on the okay, WB, yeah, you broke up. So ER, yeah, you yes, broke up. But then you. when yeah, you said your next statement, well, that was the thing. NBC like owns owned Thursdays. That so they, watch, so like, right? yeah, that's where they just plopped all their new shit. You had Seinfeld there. You had friends there. Yeah. And, and then NBC, uh, NBC through, through most of our, most of our middle and high school own third. Yeah. Own Thursdays. Yeah. So here, here's Friday night. The, 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 the hard one to do TGIF. So ABC had two guys and a girl trouble with normal, or you had uh, who wants to be a millionaire or whose lines yeah. it anyway, or making the band or even Americans funniest home videos and that was it it was just some jumbled combination uh cbs you had the fugitive or csi um what, and what the night was this? i'm sorry what nice friday what? night this friday, is friday nice. night oh this is abc's night for uh uh tgif no this is this is this is past this, this TGIF. Is after tgif but i mean that's when they yeah but that's when they were the dominant they network. Were. not then but that was their night normally when yeah. TGIF was a thing, tradition. And then this was, Friday nights. Yeah, this is when Fox was their worst because you had uh, World's Wildest Police Videos followed up by Million Dollar Mysteries. They just fucking called it a day on Fridays. They were like, "No, nah, we're good." Yeah, but let the newbies uh, and, let the newbies program that shit. Yeah, here's and some then, syndicated bullshit for you. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, NBC had Providence and Dateline and Law and Order. Fucking Dateline and Law and Order, Jesus, dude! Law and Order was a fucking is still is a fucking behemoth. Dick Wolf is probably probably the richest executive producer in TV ever. It's got has be. to be his name's on at the it's the first name you see at the end of every fucking episode. Well, Dick him or the Wolf. guy that came up with those fucking CBS shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking. He had yet two and a half men. You had Big Bang Theory. You have the Young yeah. Sheldon show. He probably did How I Met Your Mother. Had something to do with that. Like he was the fucking guy when it came to those shows. And then Saturday night, you had ABC's Saturday Night Movie. Hugh Laurie. Mm -hmm. uh, on NBC, you had NBC Saturday Night Movie or the Chuck XFL Laurie. on NBC. Yep. And then CBS, uh, Fox, you had Cops. <laughs> And then America's yeah. Most Wanted. Saturday night was Fox's night with cops and America's Most Wanted. Uh, I'm an idiot. Then, I'm an idiot, by the way. It was Chuck Lorre. Hugh Lorre was fucking House yeah. MD. Yeah, he was. I thought, I thought, Hugh Lorre. So I, I let that go. So I agreed because I thought you were making a point in the future, like you were saying the name for uh, a reason. I was like, okay, uh, he's coming back around to this. Dude, this but Hugh Lorre. I, I see what you were doing. It was Chuck Lorre. Yeah. This Hugh Lorre is amazing. He acts. He fucking produces these multi-billion dollar shows. He's fucking he's incredible. Fucking shows. He, he plays a fucking great prick of a doctor. Come on. Yep. Yep. Right, so sorry. in C in CBS on Saturday night, you had Walker, Texas Ranger. That's oh, where a yeah. ranger's gonna be. That's right. And you had the district. So interestingly enough, in uh 2000, 
the, the shows that got canceled. Here's what got canceled in 2000 that we didn't see in 2001. Uh, yeah. Boy Meets World, Clerks, okay. It's Like oh, You yeah. Know, Odd good, Man uh, Out. Clerks cartoon was solid. Oh, Grow Up, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Snoops, that teenage Sports witch Night. Sabrina. Sports Night, that was a good one. Sports mm. Night was good. Uh, the Hugh, the Hughleys, Talk to Me, uh, Then Came You, Turning Point, Wasteland and Wonderland. Canceled out of CBS with Chicago Hope, Cosby, Early Edition, Falcone, Grapevine, Kids Say the Darndest <laughs> Thing, Love and Money, Martial Law, Now and like Again, canceled. Winning Lines and Work With Me. I'm keeping going. I'm not going to slow down. <sighs> and then Fox, they canceled. Yeah, Action, wonderful. Beverly Hills, yep. 90210 was canceled in 2000. Get okay. Real, Greed, Harsh Realm, Party of Five was canceled in 2000. The PJs were moved to WB from Fox. Are we, uh, what, what? I, these hey, I these are it. shows canceled. Okay. In 2000, oh. Freaks and Geeks was canceled in 2000 off of NBC. What? Oh yeah, I love that show though. Way ahead of its uh, time. Way ahead of its yeah, time. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, I'm trying to. Veronica's Closet was canceled. I'm trying to see if there's any others that stand out. Um, uh. Good. I don't even know. I don't know. I was trying to figure out why. I was like, I was like, uh, okay, we're here. I got some random TV uh, things. Give us some random TV you. things, please. Go, 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 go. All right, the box shut down, replaced by MTV Two. Yeah, terrestrial stations. That was uh, January one of uh, two thousand one. Oh yeah, MTV Two, um, the fucking channel that they yep. they put out there because they're like, hey, we're not putting, we're not playing music videos anymore. So yep. let's do this other channel that does play music videos that now doesn't play music videos yep. anymore. Yep, yep. Now you got to go to M like uh what is it? MTV uh Classic Videos, I think. Classic, mm -hmm. yeah. MTV uh Classic. January 7th, ECW runs its final national and globally televised event, Guilty as Charged on Pay-Per-View. Uh what else do we have? On February 5th, I'm sorry, I skipped the Super Bowl, but who really gives a fuck? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it went to CBS for the first time since 91. Awesome. February 5th, Kelly Ripa officially joins Regis Philbin as co-host on live. Oh, that's right. Kathy Lee left. Yep. Uh, I'm sure we'll touch on this on a, in a sports episode. February 18th, Fox gets its very first NASCAR broadcast, the Daytona 500. And, and Dale Earnhardt dies in the, on the final turn on the final three. lap of the race. Uh, March 18th. I'm sorry. We're going to skip that one. We're going to go to March 26th. The final episode of WCW Monday Nitro airs. As WCW had been bought by the WWF. God, uh, that was like 2001. Holy yep. shit. Yep. And I'm sure we'll touch on that in a sports episode. Yeah, <laughs> for, sure. Um, for sure. April 1, WrestleMania X7 is on pay-per-view. Um, let's see what else. The biggest win at that point in the show's history, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Kevin Olmstead won $2.18 million on the show April 10th. Um, you further have to, on in June 19th, we have the inaugural BET Award. Yes. Uh, you skipped Friends finale on May ah, 15th. Fuck Friends. Fuck this is Friends. only one of the biggest shows of all time. I don't yeah. like it, but you know. It I exists. like Friends. If it's on TV, like there was a time where if you were flipping channels, you don't flip channels anymore because we all stream and shit. But mm -hmm. when you were flipping channels and you couldn't find anything, you'd gone through all your channels at least once. If there was a Friends episode on, I'd, I'd, I'd stop it and land on it. I can't bad mouth. So July 20th, America's Funniest Home Videos came back when they had Tom mm -hmm. Bergeron as their host. He hosts for 15 years. This is the most bizarre one I saw on the list, in my opinion. July 31st, 
I'm just going to sort of read it as it is, and it's just crazy. It's I don't know. It's just weird to me. Fox Television Stations finalized the purchase of Chris Craft uh, Industries and its subsidiary BHC Communications. Soon afterward, ABC affiliate KTVX in Salt Lake City and NBC affiliate KMOL-TV in San Antonio were traded to Clear Channel in exchange for Fox Station WFTC in Minneapolis-St. Paul, then UPN station KPTV in Portland was traded to Meredith Corporation in exchange for Fox station WOFL in Orlando and UPN station W I'm sorry KBHK in San Francisco was traded to Viacom in exchange for the two Viacom owned UPN stations KTXH in Houston and WDCA in Washington DC. That's more Christ. that's more confusing what? than an NBA trade. Jesus. What the what the fuck is that? I didn't know that these these organizations traded TV stations. I think that was think that was when the laws they, were starting to change too. That yeah, because I think that it's at, at one point in time, a company could only own a certain percentage of a market. Mm -hmm. So and if, you had to be located in that market if they yeah. wanted to own this. You know, if they wanted to own like this one or two stations, they had to they had to give up stations elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Like so, they there there's huge. I can't imagine being in the room for to make these deals. It's got to be full of the most boring people you've ever talked to kind of like when um they made it where like um newspapers and radio stations couldn't be owned by the same company mm -hmm. so you see all those old radio stations with the call letters based on like newspapers and stuff but they they had to get rid of them yeah they, they had they held too much influence because if they could influence that many sections of of media yeah absolutely it made sense. It's yeah, you know, it absolutely. made sense, but I mean, and now you can kind of look at why it made sense. <laughs> now, and now they just let him run wild. Now it just doesn't matter anymore. Uh, August thirty first, the final episode of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood airs on PBS Kids. Wow, um, he died two years later at the age of seventy four. I if can't you believe have it, not not the Tom Hanks movie. If you but uh, the documentary that came out before that, the documentary is fantastic. Yeah. I was on a flight from Orlando to Portland or Portland to Orlando. I can't remember. And I decided to watch that. Oh, God. Let's just say that was a struggle at the end for me. I and and I was just like, I'm on a fucking airplane. Like I gotta. Like, You're on an airplane crying like a bitch, and you gotta hold right? it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Uh, it September second. So September second so is awfully cool because Adult Swim yes. was uh, debuted. We all love Adult Swim. Absolutely. And then we all know what happened on September 11th, but. When we talk about TV in September 11th, I think we talk about news, right? That's yes. like 24-hour news. I can remember 24-hour news kind of being a big deal, the first desert storm growing up. But September yes. 11th, what we got on September 11th was the word crawl across the bottom. Yeah. You also got like the the the, the news that's, alert. That's uh, <laughs> That was that – was, that wasn't in created in September 11th. It had been done all the way back in 1952. But Fox News brought it back on September 11th so that they could basically put the regular bullshit news they had planned for the day across the bottom while they were showing us the, the horrific images we had seen uh, that day. Yeah. And then the first normal programming to uh, go back uh, after those attacks was UPM resumes normal programming on the 13th with a live episode of SmackDown. The original show was going to be taped on the 11th, but taping got to, uh, postponed two days, and that's when they did it on the 13th. What did they do as an open? Do you remember that at all? 
I think I think we four. sat down and watched it, if I remember correctly, but I can't remember what what happened at the very uh, beginning. Lillian Garcia sang the national anthem is what opened the show. Okay, I do mm-hmm. remember that now. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think didn't all the wrestlers come out and stand they, like maybe? And I know that they had a bunch of like they had people doing segments because what the one of the ones that lives in infamy is. I think Stephanie compared the attacks to the government going after Vince for steroids in 91. <laughs> I'm pretty Christ. sure she, I'm pretty sure. We, we had also some, uh, September 21st, we had some, uh, some controversy. It was, uh, Alex Trebek's first appearance without his mustache. Oh, Man, yeah. you know, I saw an episode of, um, of Jeopardy the other day, and it was an old Trebek episode. And man, it's just, it legitimately is just not the same watching the show now. Like, it is not even close to being as good as you it say, once was. You say that, but I remember Bob Barker absolutely owning the prices right and thinking that no one can tell me to spade or neuter to my pets like Bob. And then, and then uh, you know, Drew Carey seems to be doing pretty good at it. So Drew, Drew is fine, but it is not the same show. No, I, and and show. I, I've I've told the wife the same thing. The what I don't like about the prices right now is part of the reason that I don't like the WWE anymore. The shit's too overproduced. It's too glossy. It's too perfect. Everything. It's just everything's too lit up and bright and looks fake and and ridiculous. It doesn't have any like feeling anymore. Whereas like when I go on Pluto TV and I watch the classic Barker episodes on their channel, like it it still feels like a, a regular TV show. But that's is a it, me thing. Is it is it that 35 millimeter sepia filter like it nostalgia? Has, or no, is it I, it has nothing to do with the filter? It's house like it looks overproduced. It's too slick. I, I it, it takes me out of the show. God damn it! You're doing too good of a job. No, it's not too good of a, sh- a job. It doesn't look good, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like it feels too. If so, so there's it's too the, perfect. So yeah, but at the same time, the Price is Right is. So the Price the, is Right the is our parents, rides. It's our it's our parents' generation game show because it's all about guessing how much something costs. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that our, I mean, our generation. I, I don't think the generation has anything to do with it. Uh, well, I just I think, mean, I think it's a concept. It's a game show concept. That's probably dwindling uh, popularity. Generations, generations after, I mean, let's face it, fellows, we're 40 years old generations after ours, the 20 somethings nowadays, they, they probably it's that's, that's what I'm talking about as far as it. Dwindling. But I mean, I, it's just the show is fine. The the games are fine and all the dumb shit they do. It's it's still the price is right. It's just it doesn't it's not it's too damn slick. It's just I don't know. It doesn't feel real. It feels it's, ridiculous. It's too well produced. It's like it's like when yeah. you go to when you go to certain uh amusement parks, right? You've got the go-kart mm-hmm. tracks that are badass and you're free to flow all over the place and you got the Mm go-kart tracks where there's a fucking rail keeping you at least in some little spot, right? Yep. That's the difference. It's like you're still getting the ride, but there's something that's just not right about it. 
fucking Disneyland Transit Authority ride, whatever that fucking <laughs> thing is, and you're driving the stupid car, and it's putting out the worst emissions, and you're stuck with that fucking thing in the middle, and you can't do anything outside of this. God, I forgot about the, the, the little gas-powered cars. Yeah, and they smell awful. Yeah. I'm Whenever sorry. we go to the Magic Kingdom, I hated walking to Space Mountain because you had to walk by those fucking cars. They smell terrible. How were they not on top of the fucking just electrical car at that point? Right? Like, oh, I don't know. Don't Isn't that like right near Tomorrowland too? Don't, yeah, like, it, it's that is Tomorrowland. Yeah. Gas-powered like, cars in, in Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you jump ahead to October, Scrubs premiered. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Which is so fucking good. I love that. But I didn't watch you, it at the time. But so you like Scrubs? I, I, I think Scrubs is fantastic outside of the last season. I, I completely agree. But you talk to other people and they think that Scrubs is like the worst thing ever. And uh, I'm like, how, how do you not enjoy a show about best friends? Because that's that 70s show yeah. is about best friends. Scrubs, it's about best friends. How do you um, not? When it was originally on, I didn't like it. I mean, I, I didn't even try to watch it. So, I mean, it's probably fair to say I didn't like it, unfair to say I didn't like it, but I never gave it a shot. But then once I got older and specifically once I was in school to be a respiratory therapist, I decided to give it a shot and it was actually hilarious. And I binge watched the hell out of it. I watched it again and again and again. I, th- I love it. It's fantastic. But th- at the time, I couldn't do it. I think it's I think that Scrubs is indicative of age, the mm-hmm. age you are. I think that in 2001... I don't think you could have gotten me into into Scrubs. Like I, no. I didn't watch my it humor much. wasn't there. That wasn't yeah. my humor at that point. Right. Yeah. I didn't pick it up until I think I watched Scrubs the first time through probably like all the way through, probably not quite ten years ago. That would be roughly around the same time that I did too. Yeah. So I just thought as a medical comedy slash drama compared to some of the other medical we've seen, like Chicago Hope or ER or Grey's Anatomy or um, House House Hugh Laurie, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, and House kind of House kind of does the what I'm talking about here as well. Is, is that it's not all like everybody's dying drama. We have to save these lives. Oh my God! And then they die in the end, and we all have to like live with grief. And that's part of the story arc of these characters is how grief shapes them. We get that in Scrubs. And we get that in ER and all these other shows, but it, Scrubs felt like a more realistic setting where it was like, yeah, there were shit days at work, but every day at work is not a shit day. Like, there's wins. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, well, Scrubs was just a good foil to all those. <laughs> Scrub- not, no, it's not, not the case anymore. Scrubs just, well. know, just know that's a very dated view of the hospital. <laughs> well, okay. yeah. It's a very dated view of the hospital. but People yes, are going I, into the I, hospital very recently. Yeah. I, I get it, though. I, I see what you're saying, and yes, I agree, but let's just... Different era now. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, compared to, like, Grey's Anatomy, where every single episode there's uh, an active shooter or a bomber or that someone's holding a gun to a doctor's head or some bullshit like that. I mean... Depends on the city, my friend. Well, then I'm not going to Seattle ever again. <laughs> that's that's the most unluckiest hospital on the face of the earth. I know what song we should end this with, by the way. Oh, oh yeah? We'll, we'll, when we get there. Okay. okay. All right. When we get there. Just let me know. Okay. Um, so you were in... Not much else. You were in October. Yeah, not much else? Not much else. Like Walt Disney nah. buys Fox Family, turns it into uh, ABC Family... 
Uh, Victoria's Secret Fast Show was broadcast for the first time. The pilot of 24. It really, there wasn't much. 24 um, was, I I never liked it, but it was gigantic. It was. I never got into I, it. I tried, and I just couldn't. I was just kind of like, what are we doing? What's the what's the fucking clock? What are we doing here? Like, yeah, I just don't think every I episode is an hour, right? Yeah. Every episode is an hour of the day. Yeah. Well, no, no. It's I remember when 24 came out. Like that was every Tuesday was 24 on Fox. And you like I would call my friend. To see what they were doing, like if they want to hang out or chill. And they were like. He'd pick the phone up. He'd go, it's 24, you asshole. And then he'd hang the phone back up. Like, I can't be bothered right now. I'm watching this. Like, it was the event. It was. Healthy, it's a healthy friendship. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, one of the one of the shows that was on during 2001 that I really enjoyed. I didn't watch it until after the fact, but uh, Six Feet Under on HBO. It's a, oh, really, yeah. a really good fucking show. You all right there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, really good fucking show. Um, something I, which I can't believe hasn't been brought up yet by you, Sheets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, me, a couple of our friends, all about some Degrassi in 2001. You know, I, I did see it on there, but I, Pluto I TV. moved on. Yeah? yeah. Oh, well, the Pluto channel? Yeah, the Pluto TV channel. I haven't watched it lately. I went through a phase where I that was on like I, I just put it on all the fucking time. All the fucking time. Um, no, I mean like recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back then, no, if I would watch it, the shit out of it when it was on Noggin, and then when it was the end, and then Teen Nick, yeah. Now I watched the shit out of Degrassi. That was that shit was fucking fire. No, you were talking about it fucking. It turned so fucking ridiculous. Then like there are bands at the school and people are fucking models and actresses and shit. And you're like, this isn't a fucking school. Right. Get the fuck out of here. Jimmy real. got shot in his fucking like liver or kidney or something. <laughs> he shouldn't be a fucking paraplegic. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. On, on November 15th, yeah. young boys everywhere turned into ABC. Didn't I just Did they turn watch into the victory? They they tuned into it to watch the Victoria's Secret fashion show. <laughs> they turned they turned on and turned up. Oh, they, yeah, they, oh, they did. On. They 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 cranked out. <laughs> Twelve point four million viewers tuned in. Turned in for for some of the best softcore porn uh, broadcast televisions ever. Seen. Twelve point four turned. Your, your CBS must be a lot different than my CBS if that was softcore porn. My CBS doesn't show that. It was ABC, but fair enough. Even more so, ABC, <laughs> my apologies. Yeah, well. Um, my so, apologies to the American Broadcasting Corporation. Um, a, a show that actually um, that I've actually watched several times over and and kind of kind of just started a genre of movie after it. Band of Brothers mm -hmm. was 2001. Oh, oh yeah. Band of Brothers yeah. was 2001, and it was because of, uh, I think because of 9-11, it was even bigger than it probably, like, it would have been big anyway, because it was really well done, but I think it but was patriotism probably. patriotism. Oh, yeah. Was oh, yeah. The, was nationalism through the fucking roof. Well, there was, like, I read, like, list after list of all these, like, September 11, like, concert specials on TV, and tele yeah. there was, like, telethons, and I don't oh. even really remember all of that, to be honest with you. Well, let me, let me, like, let me. Let me tell you this, by the way, with when you're talking about Band of Brothers, original release date, original premiere, September yeah. 9th. 
September 9th is when Band really? of Brothers dropped. Yes. Sunday so, night. All right. So it was already anticipated and people loved the first episode. After the attacks, it was fucking gangbusters big because yeah. everybody's just like, fuck yeah, America. You know, it was just it was just that whole deal. And um yeah. and that that ultimately led to sa- saving Private Ryan. Was Saving Private Ryan before or after? I think it was after, right? I think Believe that's right. Believe it was after. I think that's right. It has maybe, to be right. Maybe it was before because I think maybe that's what got Tom Hanks Save into Private funding Ryan's all that shit. Before. Yeah, I think it was before. Yeah, it was ninety eight. And yeah. so Band of Brothers was huge, and that also is it tips off when Tom Hanks jumped in and just started funding a whole lot of you know historical World War II shit. I mean, he's one of the biggest contributors to the World War II Museum in New Orleans. Uh, which is an amazing museum, by the way. If you get a chance to go to New Orleans um, and check that museum out, it's so fucking good. Um, another thing I'm seeing here as I'm scrolling through um, uh, th- scrolling through 2001 TV shows, although it didn't, we didn't feel that impact yet. We would have we would feel it in the future. The UK office was going on in 2001. Oh yeah. Um, which was if you go back, that's some of the cringiest shit you'll ever watch. Mm-hmm. in a good way like david brent is one of the fucking cringiest characters ever put on tv and it yeah. is just incredibly good incredibly good i um, am glad the american office split from the uk office after the first season yeah i agree because it was just it was not pleasant watching yeah it just didn't work i don't feel like right no, I, I completely agree with that. I completely American agree with television, that. like the like the UK version worked. Mm-hmm. Even like in America, the UK version works, but I don't feel like taking that US cast and putting them in those situations. You know. Yeah. Um, do they even tried? They tried their best to do a RoboCop TV show in two thousand one. Of course. Why in two thousand one? RoboCop Prime Detectives is what it was called. And I think it, I want to say it was like an actiony. They tried to make it kind of like Law and Order esque, mm-hmm. but with RoboCop. So there's action, like big, like Hollywood blockbuster action, and peppered in there. Kind of fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> what else? What else? I'm just trying to think. Make sure we didn't miss it. That's probably the biggest things. Uh, I think we TV-wise. pretty much covered movies and tv for 2001 we've squeezed it out yeah i think yeah i think so i sent you a link for the song that i think you should end the podcast with mm. oh it's in it's in discord i see it all right i can do what that. do you think do you think that that is considering I, the topic that was talked discussed earlier i think that's the the best way to go i think it. i think it's a it's a very good topic to it's or not very from 2001 it's not from 2001 but i mean 99 i think um yes i can i can absolutely agree with that let me see if i can find it here so i can play it for all to hear on the podcast yes um i just feel like it's a good way to wrap it up i i think you're right uh why isn't my shit working 20 years ago jesus yeah yeah i was thinking about that the other day i was telling somebody i was like yeah about 12 years ago this happened and i was like wait no that didn't happen 12 years ago no, that happened twenty years ago. That it's uh, time. Time goes. It's time you know goes. what though. It's great that uh, it's great that it's going. It's it's great that it's going. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. It's great to actually still be around for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, I'm gonna play this song. We're gonna get the fuck out of here. Uh, if right. you if you want to follow, if you want to follow, I don't don't start yet. Whoa! If you want to follow whoa. Sheets? It's a remix. It's uh, it's at Sheets Live on yeah Twitter on stuff. Yeah. And then uh, if you want to follow Mr. Banshee, it is Banshee yes, underscore Radio on Twitter. Guys, have a great night. I'll talk to you after the song for Enjoy the audience. Fourth of July. Enjoy yeah. your Fourth of July weekend. It's the Fourth of July weekend. Um. <sighs> And we'll see you guys next time on Lopez Radio. My bum is on the rail. Bum is on the rail. Look at me. My bum is on the rail. My bum is on the man. Bum is on the man. It's a lot of fun to put your bum on a man. My bum is on the step. Bum is on the step. Don't fall on the step. You might hurt your bum. And that's not very fun. If you fall down and hurt your bum. I like to put my bum on things. It's fun for everyone. My bum is on the cheese. Bum is on the cheese. If I get lucky, I'll get a disease. My bum is on the Swedish. 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 My bum is on the gum. My bum is on the gum. I can blow a bubble with my bum bum bum. My bum is on the ship. The battle ship. I hope they don't shoot the cannon in my bum. Poo all over the place. Poo poo. That is very fun. When you shoot a cannon in your bum. I like to put my bum on things. It's fine for everyone. My bum is on the dog. My bum is on the cat. My bum is on the phone. My bum is all alone. The rail is all alone. The man is all alone. The Swedish is all alone. My bum is all alone. One, two, three. My bum is all alone. 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 Get the poo off my bum. Get the poo off. I need the poo off my bum. I gotta get the poo off my bum. Poo poo. I wanna hear the cannon. My, my bum bum. Can I hear the loon again, too? <laughs>